Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. But then they rescinded. Yes, he was. <laughs> but listen to the show to know more. But that, but that's okay because we're we're telling you this all because he did we did get him on the show some cool last stories. Friday. We had we had some really cool <laughs> stories. It was a great time just sitting around having a couple beers with Marty and yeah. his uncle, and he he gave us all sorts of stories and lots of good stuff that you guys will want to hear about. Uh, you know, definitely um, past players. Uh, some little tidbits here and Tiger there. Williams. Uh, so yeah, you, you, Tiger Williams. Yeah, oh yeah. If you know anything about hockey, yeah. you know Tiger Williams. If you don't, look him up and then tune in because that's one hell of a story. Well, I mean, all that to say, folks. I mean, we're definitely going to have a. Bu- I believe we're setting it up as. Is it a bonus episode, Marty? Yeah. At the end of the it'll day, it'll be a bonus episode. Yeah. So, so we'll have a bonus episode for you, and that'll be with uh, Mike Rouet, um, formerly of the Cornwall Royals, and a draft pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. So uh, look forward to that, folks. That'll be coming out very soon. Yeah. So and that's. But for right now. Yeah. But for right now, you're stuck with gotta, us. Hey, listen. <laughs> you, you're stuck with us, and we got to keep you up to snuff on what's going on in the NHL here. Sure. But but first, check. let's get to check my fanny, my friend. Check it. All right. Listen. There's not much to really <laughs> talk about in terms of uh, our fanny, our, our fantasy. I'm going to burp for a second. Hold on. There it is. Uh, uh, there's not much to talk about other than me beating you and your brother hey, right now. Hey, come on. I'm actually tied for hey, first. Uh, you're still hey, not, excuse you're me. not on the list, uh, so you see, don't count. <laughs> you know what? I, I, feel, I feel like I'm absolutely banished from this league. I feel like I'm on an island, but I'm, but I'm killing it on that island. Me and the Rangers, oh, baby. Man, it's good to be alone. That's that's all I gotta say. <laughs> no, where are you? You're. <clears throat> how many points do you have? I'm sitting at one thirty. One thirty. All right. And my brother and I are tied at one twenty three. Somehow, I don't know how the hell I'm tied for one twenty three for first right now. But yes, you're right. Then Mike, you are in first. You've got uh, sole possession. We'll do a full first. investigation as to why we're doing full so investigation. Well. I have no idea either. <laughs> yeah, full investigation. Absolutely. Why the hell are Mike, Mike and Marty doing so well in this pool right now when they have nobody F- left? No, no, no. no. I'm doing did. well. You and I. Sorry, you. Sir, okay. Are, do you mean? Sorry. Okay. The two galag pick, the one we did online uh, during our podcast. That one's yeah. In, that one. That blows. one's in the tank. My personal one. I'm tied for first. And you, yes, you're right. So in that regard, yes, you and I, although, I mean, listen, it's not that much of a surprise. You and I are 1-2 this year in our in our regular season fantasy. So, of course, we should be doing well. I mean, we're great. You know, it hurts to be this good sometimes, it you know? It does. It's starting to burn a little bit. Oh, is that something else? Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> that's another show. Yeah. <laughs> Not meant for the kitties. Okay. Um, but uh, just a couple of shout outs though. Nick and Adam still very much in it. They've actually picked uh, some teams that might actually win the cup, whereas I have not. Uh, my brother did as well. He's still got Colorado. And so do those two schmucks, Nick and Adam. Man, are they Thanks for good. coming out. But uh, do you still, like you, your team, do you have the abs or anybody else winning the cup? Oh, God, you know what? That's a good question because the last time I checked it is the last time that we were on this program. Oh, well, there so, you go. So you don't know. But but I do know, but I do know that the Rangers are uh, continuing on for me here. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that series. We'll get into it shortly here, obviously. Yes. But uh, 
Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm hanging my hat on the Rangers. I believe. There's no reason to wait on it. That's that's the whole bracket. Uh, oh. Check my fanny. So let's actually parlay that right into the Rangers versus Tampa. Rangers are up two one. Now, what do you feel about the series? Well, I listen. I'll go right into what I was going to uh, talk about here, and that game last night. Uh, boy, oh boy. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm gonna, really, really going to be honest with you. Halfway through the game, obviously, the Rangers are sitting there 2 nothing, and they're looking really good. Yeah. Um, I, I will say Tampa is doing Tampa things. They mm-hmm. showed a lot of resolve. Yep. Um, that was a massive, massive goal by Kucherov, like, to, to get it to 2-1. Oh, to one. man, yeah. Ma- and, and, and the reason I say that is because, in my personal opinion, if you can get it to the third period 2 to nothing. The, the the game has now taken a different complexion than halfway through the second period for me call. personally. No, you're right. Um, but, but but having said that, I mean, look, uh, you know, uh, Kucherov, Palat, like these guys coming up big here. Uh, Stammer, I believe, had one yep. uh, that night as well. So played you know, well, anyways. Boys the are whole getting game. it done. Yeah, yeah, he really did. And, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't. This was definitely a combination game. I think. Like, I, I'll give it to the Rangers. You know, they really kind of press the issue here for the first first half of the game yeah. but you got to kind of give it to the lightning here like they really showed up second half of the game showed a lot of resolve you know call it championship mode if you want i mean yeah. i i wouldn't say it was full on that or i don't think you'd you'd have been at two nothing in the first place but you listen they did what they had to do um obviously you know i've got a little bit of an affection for the rangers here over the over the course of the playoffs and you know they started pushing around shesterkin a little bit and getting in his grill and look uh, as as a guy pushing maybe a little bit for the Rangers, didn't like it. But as a hockey fan, listen, Tampa Bay did what they got to do. He got to get into his grill a little bit. He was stopping everything. Yeah, and he and even stuff he couldn't and even stuff he couldn't see. He was well positioned. Yeah. So he he really literally was stopping everything on you. So you get in his grill, you, you muck it up a little bit, and I mean, look what happened. You come away with a three two win. Um, I'll say I'll be honest. Mark, he did need, go. They needed that game. He did go a little Oscar nomination with the Corey Perry. Did you see that? Where Corey Perry kind of like listen, he did he touch his face mask a little bit, but oh my god, the embellishment like that. And you know, playoffs, you're trying to get some penalties, absolutely, all, but it was a bit much. <laughs> all, all, all the all, all that I'm gonna say here, he got the call, he got the call. That's it, it worked, and that's fine, it works in your favor. Do it, um, I guess, but yeah. Corey Perry, but that's why he brought someone like Corey Perry in, right? Like, if if he if he well, gets called for that, it's not that big a deal. His job is to get in people's faces, and he's been doing very well for Tampa. Not in terms of just getting in people's grill, but also because he's been playing really well. Like, limited minutes, but he's actually yeah. been playing very well for Tampa. And, and you know that, I mean, with a guy like Corey Perry, I mean, just complete grizzled veteran, yeah. right? You know, as soon as he got the bet, you know, as soon as he got to the bench, and in one way, shape, or form, Cooper either leaned over, gave him a tap, or whatever, and it was basically to say, "Go and do the same goddamn thing." You stand in front of him, you park yourself in front of him, Marty. They had to. He was playing so well. I mean, in all reality, to a certain extent, he was out playing Vasilevsky. So, what are you gonna do? Obviously, you know, game one, game two, regardless of whether that was effort, whatever the case was, you just it wasn't working for you. So, you, you know, halfway through game game three, and look, I, I mean, I think that's a championship coach, too. Do you know what I mean? And, and and I know that's that in a literal sense, but what I mean by that is, look, he's down two games to nothing. It's the middle of the second period, and you're down two to nothing. So, like, there there's no time to wait. There's no time to mess around. Like, he, he has to get something out of that group. Yeah. 
And I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, things started to turn when they started to get in the Shesterkin's grill. Yeah. Now, I don't think, and I really don't think any anything upset him in any way, shape, or form. I think he played a good game. There were good goals. I mean, Stammer, yeah. you know, rifling one in there. So good goals, yeah. good goals. But you did what you had to do to, I don't know, make him think twice about making a move to the left or right. I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about hockey and those minor details to know that. But I got to think that, you know, you got him thinking at least something, whatever that is. I, I think. And you just got to. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say just that little mental. It's just uh, enough. Yeah. Whatever. Just enough to be off the game, you know. And that's honestly, and that's, that's all it really takes, especially for a series like this, because this game, this series will go seven. Um, if it doesn't go seven, it'll go six. And if it doesn't go six, it'll go eight. Trust me. <laughs> They'll find a way. But what I'm getting at is. That means you're going to lose one or two or three, and you're going to they're going to be close games. This, I, I, that's the thing. Like even the first game, I think the first game was an was an was a special occurrence where Tampa was coming off of a long break, and I still don't feel like it really bothered them too too much. But I think what happened was they got so they did get comfortable, but more than that, they met a team in the Rangers that just played a game seven and are clicking and are doing well. And they were starting to trend up when they finished off Minnesota. When By the time they came into Tampa, they had kind of found a new groove and a better moxie. And things were rolling a little bit better for them. Shesterkin had settled down at that point. He was starting to look even better. So the whole team started clicking a lot better. So I think it was more because Tampa came into a game where they had been sitting for a while. And they ran into a team who was revving things up, especially offensively. Zabanajad, Fox, um, even oh. Kreider, uh, even Panarin, actually. Towards the end, they were starting to click at the end. I believe Panarin even got the winning goal uh, to knock off Minnesota. But regardless of all that, they were really starting to click well. So by the time they made Tampa, it's like it was a speeding locomotive already. And they had to, they had to, Tampa had to kind of figure it out on the fly. And at that point, it was too late. That's why they lost 6 2. But the next two games after that, they came right, right back nice and tight. And then they won the last game. So listen, this team is far from over. This team knows exactly what it takes to get to the next level, to uh, crawl out of a hole, to you name it. They've, they've experienced it all as a, as a group, at least the core of them has. Um, and I don't, <laughs> at the end, it's really hard to bet against a team that has Vasilevsky in nets. It, it's it, like, I would not at all be surprised if the next game Tampa comes out and then now you, let's say Tampa comes out and they actually do a six, two. Now you sandwich this series, this series with two, six, twos at the top and the bottom, but one by different groups. And in the middle, they've even evened it out. So now it's a best of three and they've, they've all matched each other. These are very very similar teams. Gallant's doing an amazing job with the Rangers. I love watching oh, the Rangers. Like it's it's really it is like watching a mirror of yourself. I, I would imagine out there as the Rangers and Tampa face off face off against each other because they don't they do play a very similar style of game and watching them click and their passes. There's nothing boring about either of these teams and the way they play hockey. Everything looks so professional. Everything looks so clean. Everything looks like this is a, they're both well-oiled machines. And it's, it reminds me of that. It's the perfect meme. And I believe I put it out there and it's on the top of the image. It's two guys playing chess 
and that's the Tampa, New York one. And on the bottom, it's the it's Edmonton, Colorado, and it's the Wild Wild West, and everybody's dying. And that's exactly what was going on. But it's just to say that like this series, you know, expect it to go the distance, which means you're going to lose three games. So that's okay. It's all part of it, and enjoy it because this is probably one of the best series so far this year. Well, I'm I'm glad you hit on the Vasilevsky thing because you know here they are. Okay, so it was the first two games that they playoff games that they had lost in like what like a couple of years there. In yeah, 2019, I think playoffs or whatever. But that's the and you know the whole betting against Vasilevsky thing because you're 100 percent right. Like I mean, okay, so here here we see some adversity against the Tampa Bay Lightning for the first time in what we can honestly say is a couple of years. Yeah. And what does Vasilevsky go and do? Like, it, and it doesn't matter how the game how the game played itself out. The end score was three to two Tampa Bay. So at the end of the day, he stops the bleeding. Yep. And that's what you you know that's what you need. Yeah. Like they go Marty, they go down three to nothing. And listen, I'm sorry. Like if any team can get out of the three nothing, yeah, sure, it would be Tampa Bay. But I just feel like between the way the Rangers are yeah. playing and, and Shosturkin and Net, that would have been over. Like that's just too much. Uh, at least I think anyway. Mm-hmm. So again. Massive, massive game from them. Lots of lots of resolve, championship mode, whatever you want to call mm. it. Like they got the job done. And you know, Vasilevsky, you know, going right back to, to the words that you just said, how can you kind of bet against them? Like again, they're they're <coughs> between you and me, the back was up against the wall at two nothing. Yeah, it was hard. The, 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 to, sure. to me, like you're getting to you're getting to a point here where these teams that you're playing against, your opposing team. Yeah. You, you you can maybe make a mistake here and there, but when if you're starting to dig here, trying to dig out of a two nothing, and and the way that game was going, I mean, listen, just full on applause, whatever, total props to the Tampa Bay Lightning because that was a big game. They needed it, and their stars showed up yeah. from Vasilevsky and Nets, Stammer, Kucherov, oh, Palat to a lesser oh, extent. Palat too, but you know what? But when I say Palat to a lesser extent, that's just during the regular season. Yeah, he, that's totally a game. That's totally a gamer during the playoffs. Oh god, like that's exactly the guy. That's exactly the guy you're looking for for that secondary scoring. Been there, done that. Killorn, like he's another seen one. The past too. two years. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. He's done it in the past. And 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 I'll tell you what. Like I mean, again, just the way that whole that whole New York Rangers team was rolling at that point, like. It was it was getting pretty close to kind of do or die here. Like, what what are we gonna do here to change this series now? Yeah. Like halfway through game three, and and dude, they just they kind of stood up and and just did Tampa Bay things. Like, stuck their neck out there. They got dirty. They got in front of Shosturkin. Got the job done. So, I mean. Good on him. Good on him doing it. And we got ourselves a series and, now. And it's going to be at this point now. I I find it's. I, I'm not ready to predict on where this series goes. Because I was thinking at the beginning of all this, like, Jesus, could you imagine if it ends up being New York and Edmonton? I think that would feel weird if the Stanley Cup Finals was New York and Edmonton, just because those aren't the two teams that really stood out at the beginning. Some people may be wishful thinking for Edmonton, but New York, not so much. Like, no one really picked either. Not many, we'll say that. But now I'm like, geez, okay, well, We'll get to Edmonton in a second. But now I'm thinking, like, I see absolutely no reason why New York should not be in the Stanley Cup final right now. They are play- they are legitimately that good right now and 100% deserve to be in the Stanley Cup finals. Like I, I, and, I, and this is uh-huh. them playing against Tampa, who we all know absolutely deserve to be there. But I'm saying if New York beats them, I'm not going to be surprised. This team deserves it. This is a very good team. 
I would fully agree. I mean, I and correct me if I'm wrong, Marty. Maybe I am. Maybe I should just be speaking for myself, but I think I speak for us both. I mean, we could probably agree about the only thing you could say in regards to the Rangers if they did make the Stanley Cup final was that they may be a couple of years early. Like yeah, this is that's this, true. Th- this was in the this was in the sights here, man. Yeah. Like I mean. Uh, somewhere along the line, you figured that the Rangers are going to break through here, you know, next year, the year after, maybe, maybe the year after that. So in all reality, this is probably anywhere between two and three years ahead of schedule, so to speak. Now, mind you that, you know, your schedule can kind of get bumped up a little bit when you get a first overall and a second overall pick in, I think, consecutive years. I think they were consecutive years. If they weren't, they were close. Anyway, either way, I mean, you're starting to add some incredible talent. So your, your timeline can move up pretty quick. But uh, no, I'll agree with you I there, think, Marty. Like, I mean, I, find, I, I think this was kind of. If I had to, oh, go if ahead. I had to guess, I, the, for me, the difference maker was going out and getting a lot. To me, it's and, oh, yeah. and we touched about it over the weekend too. To me, that so the fact that uh, Florida got rid of him, which was a weird move. The way they did it, especially, was weird. But just getting rid of him was weird, and then doubly weird with the way Vegas handled that and got rid of him. And we talked about it as well. Like I said, it's weird because the players love playing for him. I don't know why you would ever want to get rid of a coach like this. He obviously can absolutely take you to the promised land. He doesn't even need that much time. And he's proving that with the Rangers. Because tell me I'm wrong that this Rangers team is not at the very least in the same category as as the Panthers and uh, Knights that he had when he coached them. Well, I'm, I'm, I would say that he, if they're not there right now, Marty, like they're definitely on their way. I mean, we could go over this roster, Martin, Zabinijad, Kreider. I mean, you, you mentioned them, a few of them off the hop, Fox, I mean, you know, Shesterkin, and, and, and you're not even talking about some of these up and comers, a Conjure oh, Miller. Man. This guy is going to be an absolute Absolutely. beast, man. Yeah. We were talking about it with your uncle. And I'm, I mean, it's just a case where. You know, Lafreniere, Caco. I mean, they're not even they're not even there yet. No. So it's just like, and and, and as for um, Gallant, uh, the only thing that I can think of is that, and 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 I I don't want to I'll blame it all on timing, but this all goes to him being a player's coach, right? Yeah. So does that does that management team or owner or whatever at the time just for in that split moment think he needs a hard ass coach? He needs somebody who's a bit more of a I don't want to say a tactician, but, uh, you know, just a a heavier fist, so to speak, because we all know Gallant is a player's coach. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm not saying that he doesn't demand or or, or ask for a lot out of his players, but I mean, it's safe to say he's not a Tortorella. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's, and and that's the only thing that I can think of. And, and I'll even go as far as saying that is, even that doesn't really make much sense to me. Like I can see that being potentially the issue or or the reason why yeah. an owner would want to get rid of him, but I'm sorry. Like, what does this guy need to do to keep a friggin' job? Uh, like he he, ba- he brings he brings Vegas to the Cup final in the first year. I I, I again Marty and Which, I speak for us both. I'm sure. Oh I God. I still don't know why he's out of Florida. Still don't know what. Still have no idea there. And I mean, look what he's doing with the Rangers. I, like this team. It is definitely ahead of schedule, flat out. And 
you have to give credit to Gallant at some point. Well, in, what in, bothers in that in that scheme? What bothers me is that we have to talk about how we have to give him credit when he hasn't actually already owned it or earned it. Sorry, like tell me he hasn't yeah. already earned. Like the, you exactly. get that respect when you become a head coach in the NHL because you've you don't just pop in and become a head coach. You've earned something to make your way to that. So what has he done to earn that and just to become a, um, a head coach in the NHL? Well, he was uh, an assistant coach in the uh, IHL, then the AHL. Excuse me. Then he made it to the NHL. Again, still as an assistant. Then had three seasons in the blue as a Blue Jackets head coach. And this is the Columbus Blue Jackets in 03-04 and 05-06 and 06-07. These were some rough years, but he did lead them from a 16 and 25 record to a 35 and 43. And then he was let go 15 games in, starting at a 5 and 9 record. I don't know that you can blame that on him, and I wouldn't. Then it keep going down, Islanders assistant. Then he got shifted down to the queue where he won two championships. Then he came back as an assistant for the Canadians, your your team there, for, in uh, 12, 13, 13, mm-hmm. 14. And then he becomes the head in Florida. So the first year they're out of the playoffs, second year they lost in round one, third year he gets fired 22 games in with an 11-10 record, which doesn't make any sense to me still. And you remember, you remember the way he got let go? He was at the hotel. He was looking for a, a taxi. Yeah, they got him a, they got him a cab. Yeah. That, like, yeah. What the like, hell? Anyway, brutal. Like, again, a team what with Trockett, Barkov, uh, Jonathan Marshall was on that team at that point. Jagger was on that team. Keith Yandel, Riley Smith, UC Jokinen, Jason Demers, Jonathan Huberto, who was not playing Jonathan Huberto is today. Um, but anyway, still a good enough team, but they weren't actually there yet, but he was still driving them forward. They were had made it to the, to the, well, to the, to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, or the playoffs, sorry. Then it was a, a Vegas Golden Knights where they lost in the finals and then they lost round one. And then he was let go 40, or no, then, sorry, he wasn't like, well, yeah, he was let go the next season because he finished 24-19. Now he's with the Rangers, 52-24 is his first record with the team. And they're about to, in my opinion, they're about to, they've already exceeded all expectations. My point is, is that he's, and he's won the Jack Adams, he won the Jack Adams in 17-18. So that would have been the year he was with the Golden Knights when they lost in the finals. So, like, he's he's got the track record to keep everybody at bay and to just be like, let me just do my fucking thing. He's had the longest stretch he's had so far is two and a half years with one team because it's two and a half with Vegas, two and a half with Florida, and two and a half with Columbus. I don't know why people think he doesn't need or he should have more than two and a half years with the team. Go fuck yourself, two and a half. Two and a half is nothing. That's development time. Yet look what he does every single time. He takes you that two and a half years and he puts you in the freaking Stanley Cup playoffs. What the hell more do you want? Give him a couple extra years. You're going to win the championship. Look, I, I got to figure if you're Gerard Gallant right now, you're sitting there in the conference finals. You're saying to yourself, God damn, I'm safe for the next no, two years, not. man. <laughs> like, <laughs> you might be. I'm Gerard Gallant. You might be <laughs> safe for next year. That's it. <laughs> Because you've got your own track I mean, record 50, there. Like what the like fuck? the guy gets a fifty win season yeah. right in this first first oh year. My God. Like don't get me wrong. I, I I listen. You're 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 inheriting a good team and and whatever. But so you're still having to Produce. deal with those pieces. You still have to exactly. He's got to go out there and coach the damn yep. team, and he's got to make sure he's making the right decisions. And I'm sorry, there's not look. I know there there are coaches out there that would have given. Uh, Lafreniere and Kako, and and you know yes. we talked about this Marty on a couple of occasions. Perfect, <clears throat> perfect coach 
for those two Absolutely. players for that situation. I mean, look, M- Marty, we're in fantasy hockey. We've been crying for these guys to get points forever. Even you know, and, and we and we love the game, but we still want the points. Yeah. <laughs> so we're on we're on yeah. them. But this guy just gave them the time that they he needed. Knows. You know, third line, third line, second power play, that kind of thing. So perfect, perfect. I mean, he's reaping the benefits of it now because we're going to be talking about it there uh, in a little bit. But uh, or I'll be talking about it a little bit, and maybe in my beauties and maybe. beasts of the kid of the kid line. So, okay. Uh, oh, that's listen, right. Yeah. They're, they're doing well. At, they're doing well. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, because if I'm just doing a, a quick check in. So Lafreniere, uh, Miller, and Kako. And I don't care about points. I'm just talking minutes because this is important. You're playing some very important hockey. Where does the coach want you? The coach wants you right now in this series. He wants Lafreniere at somewhere around 12 minutes a game. He wants Miller at somewhere around... (laughs) Jesus. Oh, my God. Okay, Miller is at about... Yeah, it looks like 23 and a half minutes. That's insane. That's Condre Miller on the back end. If you're looking for that kid line, you're looking for Heedle. Oh, no. Sorry. No, I was just because we had mentioned Miller earlier. Oh, you're just looking. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay, Fair enough. enough. Um, And then lastly would be Kako. But if you want me to look up, hold on. Kako is, ooh. Well, all right. Oh, he's producing. Kako's, I think he's got like five points in 17 games or whatever it is. And he's got. But he's playing really well on that. He's actually got three. No, yeah, he's got two points in the last three games, averaging unfortunately around ten minutes a game. So something's happening there. Yeah. So that that one's not working out. Maybe. Uh, sorry. And who was it? You just said. Where is he? Heedle. Philip Heedle. Oh, there he is. Sorry. Oh yeah. See, he's got seven goals. He's got nine points in seventeen games, but he's seven goals. Well done, buddy. That line's playing pretty well, and I think the reason why Kako's so low is because I believe he's either only playing the third line or fourth line minutes. I don't know if he's on any special teams. Oh, probably not. Uh, well, he's well, and, but all three of them, all three of them are playing yeah. well, though. That's and that's the point. Like, they're the, Gallant's finding a place for them, uh, making them feel useful. Yeah. All the while collecting, like just cashing in on this experience, which is exactly what you want. And like, goodness gracious, again, they're exceeding expectations this year. Um, I'm not going to say that if they don't make it to the Stanley Cup finals, it it won't feel like a disappointment because, of course, it will. They're this close right now. They're up two games to one. If you don't make it to the Stanley Cup finals, it's going to feel disappointing. However, it's not a disappointment. It's not a disappointing season overall because I, I think you took some major strides forward yeah. and these kids now next year look out for this team like this team's going to be that much better i do think you see a lot of these kids come right flying out of the gates just ready to explode and then they'll have a lull and then they'll finish the season really good everyone will have career years and then you go into the playoffs and hopefully you get, you you take that next step in the playoffs that's the most important time to take it but I don't know. I, in the end, I'm very. It, like, I don't know if it's because I've I have always had an affinity for the Rangers. Um, obviously, not as high as uh, the Ranger. Um, uh, well, the Oilers or the Bruins, but the Rangers. Is, I've always been in my top three, top four. Um, but I do. I just feel like this team. When I was watching them, especially the last game, even though they lost, they like everything about them looks like it's clicking so well. 
everyone's really aware that that presence of mind they they know exactly what they should be doing when they shouldn't be doing it doesn't it, like there's nothing you can do when you play against a good team like Tampa they're going to score some goals on you they're going to figure some shit out that's fine that's part of hockey but at the end i they, again they they both play very similar hockey styles i don't i never felt like new york was about to panic I never felt like New York was about to do something haste and stupid and one player was just going to try and take the whole team on their shoulders and just create something and it just it was going to look pathetic and then you know god forbid a, a goal would be scored going the other way so I think the Rangers are fine I do think they actually win the next game but I'm going to stop predicting there <laughs> well I mean like I think they really turn things around to me anyway uh, for game six and seven against that Carolina series, like I find mm. when w- those two games and then coming into this series, like you're saying, just kind of crisp passes, you know, they, yeah. they, they look, they look, the eye, the eye test is really yeah. good, I guess is, is what I'm saying. Like they just, they, they look good. They look organized. Uh, they look like they're on their Having game. Fun. Um, and, 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 and again, it was just, it was a combination of both. Like, I mean, Tampa doing their Tampa things and, yeah. you know, the Rangers had their moment. It was just kind of a half C game. Yeah. Every both teams played well, and you got to have a winner. So, hey, listen, it's a good series. Um, as much as I would love to see the Rangers go up three nothing, kind of I'm kind of pulling for them. But you know what I mean. As a fan and just kind of great hockey, you got yourself a series now two one. Tampa's really gonna. I would assume Tampa's really gonna come out here in Game Four. Yeah. Really put the pressure on early while they're in yep. Tampa. See what see what can happen here in the first ten minutes, first fifteen, first period, yeah. and uh, see if they can't kind of shell shock the Rangers a little bit. But uh, look, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, you know, the 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 the, uh, the equalizer, if you will, uh, sits over there in Shusterkin. So if he can kind of keep them at bay and give those Rangers a, a chance, like like he kind of did here in Game Three. Yep. You know, just gave him a little bit of a little time. They end up scoring the first one. They get the second one. I don't know if the Rangers would necessarily let another one like that go per se, but hey, you're playing the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs. So yeah, it's gonna be hard to have that team come to have that team come back on you. I mean, you can't sit there and say like you know that's a surprise or anything. No, so, uh, you know what's coming. You know what's coming, and they should know what's coming here at the beginning of Game Four. And let's see what the uh, let's see what the Rangers can do in regards to handling. I that. think, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong. Did Gallant not actually start his fourth line in the last game? I feel like he did. You know what? I think you ha- I, I believe you're right on and, that. And uh, Tampa's they Tampa had started their first line, so that to me was a not necessarily a message like he like it would have been back in the '80s or '90s. You start your fourth line yeah. back in the '80s and '90s, and there's going to be a brawl. Um, I think what he was doing with that because the fourth line isn't necessarily it's not full of goons, right? There's still talent. But there, yeah. he was probably looking to get a little bit more physical, get into possibly getting into Vasilevsky's face a little bit, and, and maybe go off in that sense. I don't know if that's necessarily the the intent for uh, Game Four. I I would have I would expect them to try and come out flying in Game Four. For me, if I was to try and get on top of this and try to at least steal one in Tampa, so you head back to New York to win it. You're going to want to come out and get, you know, Tampa's going to want to get that quick goal for sure. It's just as important to them as it is New York. But I think for New York, I, if I were Gallant and Gallant's a better coach than I am, but not by much, he would, <laughs> he would, he would try to get them flying. It's got to be the first line out first. And you might even, maybe you play with the D a little bit, but maybe not. I mean, you got Adam Fox, so fuck you, leave it alone. 
they just come out flying and shoot like a hundred pucks. I don't care if it's an open shot or not. Just fucking take it. If you're even a hundred feet out, fucking take it. Shoot pucks. Get pucks on Vasilevsky as early as you possibly can. Get in his head with that. Get a rebound. Get that first goal to just take any momentum away from Tampa. I think that's what you have to do in that fourth game. I would agree wholeheartedly. And the reason I say that is, I mean, if you're starting to kind of you know put everything at the net you know your speed game is probably coming into play at that yeah. point as well and that's that's one thing that i that i can say that i have seen tampa bay have a little bit of trouble with yeah. is the overall team speed of the rangers yeah. uh i mean i gotta be honest with you from that first to fourth line you know yes you can tell which players are on the ice but <laughs> in regards to the speed factor it, it, it's kind of coming at you in waves and I know that, listen, I mean, at the end of the day here, you've got two-time Stanley Cup champion in Tampa Bay Lightning. They played a lot of hockey here, a yeah. lot of hockey, a, a lot of uh, weird intangibles with bubbles, <laughs> not having your family, this and that and the other thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, with all this COVID stuff, it, I, I mean, this has been a really long back-to-back uh, uh, -back for these guys. And you got to wonder if at some point it does start to catch up to them. That certainly doesn't look like it has been uh, um, an issue as of yet, but uh, we'll certainly see what the uh, what both teams really bring to the table here. Because you know, I, I think this is. I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything that's really out of the <laughs> realm of uh, of expectation here. But this is a big game for both teams. I mean, for different reasons. You, you want to make sure that you know Tampa Bay. It, it, if you're Tampa Bay, you get, you got to get back in this series wholeheartedly and even it up before going back to New York, because I don't know about you, Marty, that, that Madison Square Gardens right now, oh. when the Rangers get things rolling, bud, holy shit. That's man. a special place. So so if I'm T-Bay, just, you know, it, it's a pretty simple equation here. Get it back to 2-2, two -two, go back to New York and, and see what can happen uh, and, and go from yeah. there. And if you're the Rangers, I mean, just like anybody else who's played the Tampa Bay Light, like if you got these guys down and out, you just got to start, you know, stepping on their throat, pounding on them. You got to do whatever you got to do to keep them down. So if you can get this 3-1 lead going back to New York, <laughs> I can tell you right now, I, I know New York's game plan already for that game five, and you are just going to go ape shit in the first 10 minutes of that game. <laughs> You're going to go nuts. I think the whole nuts. game beginning and I don't think you slow down. You never put, never take your foot oh, off man. the gas, especially not with this team too. You wouldn't want to do that because they can catch you off guard. But uh I mean, they've done that a couple of times already, but seriously, like if you, if you've got an opportunity, if you've got momentum, I don't know why you would ever want take your, taking your foot off the gas at this point just doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, game four is going to be game four might be, uh, how do I say this? If it goes Tampa's way, it, it's a really big shift because right now I feel New York's got this, but if Tampa wins this, I know what you mean. I I feel Tampa knows what to do to close it out if they win the next one. It, in that shorter game, in that shorter series, where at that point there, it's just the, it's the best out of three. Tampa, I, not that they necessarily have the edge that per se. It's not given that they have the edge, but I would give them the edge in the sense just because now you're talking about this is what this is. What, this is what playoff experience comes in most handy. This is those moments where you've got now, like, you think you've, oh, all right, right, whatever. It's tied and, you know, we've beaten them six to two at one point, whatever. Sure, they've come back and they've won two in a row, but who cares? We're good. Now, you don't understand. You've just given, 
or not given. They've yeah. just taken some momentum, some big momentum, and now it's hard. They've done it to Toronto. They've done it to so many other teams. Good luck. Good luck winning again now because Tampa just, they can do that. They have that championship pedigree in them that if they win game four, it's going to be a lot harder for New York to win game five, six, and possibly seven. Or if they win five, six, we're fine. I would definitely agree with you there. I mean, if it goes back to New York's tied 2-2, again, anything can happen, yep. right? You've got to play the games and everything. But I do agree with you that there's this, I would almost, you know, you got the meter sitting right in the middle, yeah. there, right? I would feel that that meter would just be, be a, shift. a little bit T-Bay's way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly there for sure. I mean, you got them down to nothing. You kind of want to, you want to keep them at yes. bay here if you can. But we'll we'll see how this all plays yeah. out. Now, <laughs> Taking a shift. Oh man, this is this is entirely different, and this is not like uh, fucking Edmonton. Listen, you shitheads, you did it to me again. I fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. I fell for this team. I thought this team was all of a sudden was different. I felt they had momentum and things were looking up. And I honestly thought this team after the first game where it ended eight six, but really was seven six because it was an empty netter. Right? It meant that they could keep up. And that Smith at least was going to keep them close. And, and and to be honest, Mike Smith has led in some questionable goals, but he's not really, he is still giving them a chance to win. He's not, like, I wouldn't point my finger at Smith. I know, again, he's definitely some questionable goals, but he's facing more shots. Uh, he's He is making some big saves too. A couple of nice saves, especially in the last game. Um, and he's not, he's not necessarily, we knew he wasn't going to, oh, for the love of God. <laughs> Oh, Zoom. Stop converting. Stop. Not happy about that one. Not happy about that one. That one hurt. No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As I was saying, it's not that I, I don't think it's enough to say that Mike Smith is the reason we're losing this. I don't think so. I don't think it's enough. I think Mike Smith is giving them a legitimate chance to win game in and game out. He's not he's not winning any games. That's we and we knew that wasn't gonna happen. Mike Smith wasn't there. And I'm trying, and I cannot believe I'm doing this. In an attempt to defend Ken Holland's non-moves, the idea is that Smith will be good enough that we will that our offense will balance things out, and we will be able to fill the net with goals. Even though Torch doesn't like that, we'll be able to fill the nets with goals, and Smith will keep us close enough that we'll be able to do things right. Well, Smith is honestly doing his part. And I, it's not to say that McDavid and Drysell are not, because obviously they're doing everything they can, but they're not going to be able to go out and get like a four or five point night every night. And that's, and that's it's not realistic. And there's been some, some good, there's been some moments where these players like the Hymans and especially the Canes as well, but none of those guys have really taken the neck, taken this series at all 
any seriously outside of the first game. They got six goals, and it seems like that's, they, they, they ran themselves dry in the first game. Um, I don't see anything else coming out of this team. I think we've seen all of the offense that we're going to see. And I think in the next game, I, I think that's it. I think we, we get swept by Colorado. I think that's what happens. And it, and it sucks because they sucked me in. I really thought, oh, my God, I was wrong this whole time. But, oh, my God, no, I wasn't. Because this is basically what I said during the regular season, that I did, especially towards the end when they were starting to play better. And I said, I don't want this now. I want this later in the playoffs because they're going to fizzle out too late or too soon. And they went a bit further than I, I honestly thought they were going to crash in the last series, but they found a way which, which was awesome. But they, more importantly, needed it now. And the first game really, again, had some promise. But they've just, I think they depleted themselves after that first game. And now it's like, fuck, Kate, see, this is the goddamn Edmonton team. So now I'm at a point where I'm wondering, is do I look at this season as being a disappointment? Do I go back there? Because I said several times, if they don't win the cup this year, there's nothing more than disappointment. Because now we're into year seven of McDavid and Dreisaitl and still not even one damn cup when we're supposed to be in a dynasty. Well, you know what? Guess what? If they get swept in this, that's salt on the wound. Absolutely, because yes, absolutely, it's a disappointment they didn't win the cup. But more than that, they got swept. I don't care if Colorado goes on and wins the Stanley Cup. I don't. That doesn't change anything. Getting swept by Colorado, you're supposed to be on the same tier as Colorado by now, 100%. And you and you go in and you get swept by them? That No. Then I'm back to where I was at the in fucking March or April, wherever I was when I was, even November, when I was ripping them a new one back then. And that's... All it was was a mirage this entire time. It's that this team is still not built to go the distance. And it and I'm sorry, it's not entirely on Smith right now. It's the secondary scoring that is just not doing anything else. It's that defense that is... Keith, what are you doing? Nurse, what are you doing? Uh, Bouchard, who got beat like a child... I get it. It was a long shift. He was tired. I don't care. You got beat by comfort like it was nothing like you were like are you new to hockey do you know how to block somebody from getting the puck you had the puck you had possession of the puck anyways what what do you say mike well i i can listen i can understand your frustration i mean there's so many ways to look at it in regards to um has it been a successful season okay look since McDavid's been around, I'm sure that we were looking for a lot more winning and a lot more success since then. Okay, perfect. So complete disappointment in that regard. With the team that you currently have rostered, I got to say that if you get swept by the Avalanche, you're into the third round. You got slept, swept by potentially the team that's going to win the cup here. To a certain degree, I could see where you've made some strides from previous years. So kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Bit balancing out there. Bit, bit of a balancing out there. It is weird. <laughs> now, now, for my personal opinion here, and I am going to be all over Mike Smith, because in my in my particular viewpoint, it is over. And it was over when Kemper scored that goal in the fight between the five. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mike Smith and and and, and the reason why I say it that way, Marty and I say it so definitively is because to, as a hockey fan, he's got to stop that puck. Yeah. 
He's got to see because you're you're. I mean, at that point, the game is so deflating. The game is what two? It's, uh, it was it's two, two two. I think was it not? That was the three two. two yeah, yeah, that was the yeah, three that's two. Right. That's, that's right. Take it was the lead. Three two goal. <laughs> so you you so <sighs> you're down two games. Okay, perfect. So so was so was uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. You're down two. You're down two games. You're playing them great. You're yeah. In your own building, you got the crowd rocking with McDavid. Thirty-eight seconds in. Or oh yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, it, it was just. We know what Mike Smith is. We knew what he was in November. We knew what he was in March, and we knew what he was in April. It's just at that moment, <sighs> that game, tied two-two. He has to have it. He has yep, to have. You're it. not wrong. I mean, I mean, and, and you can only, we can only put ourselves in McDavid's place. <laughs> like that goal goes in and, and I'm sorry, I, I got to feel for McDavid himself per- personally. Like you could throw dry in there a little mm. bit, but listen, what I, 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 you and I both know McDavid's sitting there. He's probably already said it a thousand times to himself. What more do I have to do? Like, I, I, I can't play fucking that. Like, so I, I can. I just I try to put myself in that player's position, yeah. and just the utter, the utter despair, the <laughs> uh, just the, the the deflating nature of something like that. Like I mean, I, it's true. I, I, it was it was just a backbreaker. It's a tough pill to swallow, man. If you've got like, any I mean, momentum, it's completely gone in that moment. That's what sucks about that that moment. And, and listen, if I'm if we're and, being fair, let's spade a spade here. There were two the two goals that that did go past Smith. I'm not blaming him for them either. Uh, sorry, I won't blame him for those. No, no. The tip in that went under the blocker and the other one that was, I believe, just a wide open, like just good play and bad positioning on the defense. But you're 100% right. In that moment, there's nothing between you and that player uh, but the puck. You have got to stop that puck. There is no excuse for that. You you absolutely that is an absolute no-brainer. You are stopping that puck. Otherwise, your team's gonna lose badly. And it hurts more because you let in that puck. And listen, this is what his third or fourth really bad goal in you know, maybe the same amount of games, three or four games. Like he's he how many times has he has he had to answer questions about, you know, do you wish you had that one back? He's done that more than enough already this year. Like you really, that's the shit that really needs to stop. But it's, I think you just said it like it, but that's Mike Smith. Like, I don't know what you think you were getting in Mike Smith when you kept Mike Smith, but this is exactly what you should expect out of Mike Smith. Every once in a while, this ridiculously soft goal will go by him and you as a team will have to figure out how to pick up the pieces. That's just what it is. It's it's just so weird because I'm and I mean Marty, if anybody can attest to this, you can as a as a fan of the team, and I'm sure you watched him pretty closely throughout the year. Sometimes, you, 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 Mike Smith either gives you a shutout yeah. or lets in two bad goals. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and 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 as an if I'm an Edmonton fan, at this point, I just I want him to get rid of both ends. Like I want you to get rid of the shutout. I don't care if you have another shutout all year. Yep. But I don't want to see another bad goal either. Like I need you to be average. But guys, what thirty nine? Like I know. he's not. This is who and, and he that, is, and, and guys. That, he's too old. He's it, not going to exactly. like fuck. 
Exactly. Like what we saw in November, December. Okay. Like maybe not as bad as, you know, when they were cratering there. But I mean, Mike Smith is Mike Smith. We, we all know what Mike Smith was in October. He's the same Mike Smith in, yeah. in uh, June. I mean, you, 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 you kind of have to take what, what you were, what you got in October. Now, listen, I mean, the world knows, the NHL knows, like the, everybody in hockey knows that the Edmonton Oilers need an upgrade in net. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they do. It's end, end of story. And they know it's coming. Yeah. Because you're certainly not you're certainly not running this back next year. Oh my God! Like I swear to God, if I'm Ken Holland, I'm gonna have a. I I, I tell the team before the season started, just so you know, I'm gonna have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> like, uh, like guy. Uh, I, I mean, you cannot run this so back. You know. Listen, yeah. Holland. I understand uh. you probably couldn't make anything happen. Whatever the hell the case was, okay, you're stuck with these guys, but don't run it back. No, like. <laughs> Buy out. Listen, uh, I'll uh, fire. I will fire. Fire yourself. (laughs) I will. I will (laughs) give him. I will give him till the trade deadline. So long as he comes out and says, we know we need an upgrade in nets. Um, The the right opportunity hasn't come along yet. We will get there. And I'm looking to make moves between now and December. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, if I have to, I'll trade away picks. Like if say it more eloquently than that but if basically if you come out and you say something like that then it'll buy you some time and i'll be on your side but if you start the season and you make it sound like this is the team and you're gonna run it back um how do i say this i mean i'm not tapping out from the team (laughs) i won't be tapping out from the team but i i won't uh (laughs) You know how bad I was on this year? It'll it'll be right out of the gates this time. I don't care if they're winning. I don't care if they come out 20 games. No. I, I don't care if they've won 20 in a row and they're setting new records. I will go off on them because I fell for it again now during the playoffs. And it all of its ugliness is showing again. This is why you can't trust this team. They're, they're doing it to you again. They're just, they led you up. Just to pull the rug out and then you fall 20 stories. And that's Edmonton for you in a nutshell this year. All right, so if they don't change your goaltending over the offseason, then what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to go and get some resuscitating <laughs> resuscitating equipment. I'm going to need to have a defib over at your place. Uh, Man, I swear to God, if it happens, I'm not like I'm not one of those fans. Know, I don't I don't burn stuff. That's ridiculous. Look, if you don't want the jersey anymore, just freaking donate it. Stop being an idiot. But I'm not I'm also not going to leave my team just because I don't like the moves or the anti move or the non moves that the that the management is making. But I will absolutely go on my podcast and my Twitter feed and let the managers know exactly how I feel. Now, one thing we do have to say here, listen, I'll be the first to say like Mike Smith got to have it, got to make the save. I'll I'll be on you until, you know, the day is long in regards to that one. But on the flip side here. Listen, you are playing the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Okay. This is a this is a team, and we've talked about it before, Marty. You know, you could even go back maybe as far as three and four years here, where you could see them starting yeah. to put the pieces together to make yeah. to make this run that they're doing right now. So look, uh, Mike Smith, Edmonton Oilers. You can pick apart whatever you want about that team, but at the end of the day, here too, the Abs are on a mission. And let, let's call it what it is, man. They have they're a good team. Playing, the, well, listen. Not only that, Marty. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, this is the best that I've seen the Colorado Avalanche, Avalanche play. Uh, you know, over the course of this whole year. And and what I want to say is that uh, 
not so much the offense. The offense is there and always has been. But they're really starting to kind of shut it down here a little bit on the defensive side of things. Uh, I, I know that um, uh, Francis had the shutout in game two. Game, yeah, game, game two, two, yeah. Um, I mean, look at this guy sitting right now with a uh, 237 goals against average and a 920 save percentage. So, again, it, it, it's not your, it's not your like, Vasilevsky, Shosturkin, you know, two two goals against average and a nine thirty seven save percentage. Yeah, yeah. Here. But that job, that, but that is getting the job done while Kemper's getting himself right, uh, taking care of that injury. And I mean, like, what are you supposed to do here? I mean, McKinnon, you got Rantanen, you got uh, Makar, Kadri. I know is injured, but you throw him in yeah. there. Um, it's like uh, Devin Tays. I mean, comfort. Like what? It, <coughs> Comfort, on, who's man. been on another planet this, this, for a while. Like Edmonton's not playing any kind of chump change here no. either. So I mean, yeah, they're not supposed to roll over. There. it. I'd love to see. No, no. I mean, I'd love to see some saves from Smith here and there when it when it well, really, really matters. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, think of game. Look at the team he's playing. Think guy. of game. Th- yes, you're right. But think of game three. They're two two, and then Comfort comes out and gets that three two, right. and then it's an empty netter. So that game. Oh, he needs it. That game boils yeah, down to that one save. Like yeah, and sorry, what time did that goal even come in at? Was it late? It was late in the um, was it late in the third? Like or was it beginning of third? Because I don't really remember. I I, I want to say I want to say first half of the third period. I could be way third off period. with that, but yeah, comfort. Okay, it so it came at twelve forty two in the third. So you still had half a game to come back, but still, like it was su- like we it was a backbreaker. It was such a backbreaker, like all the wind. Just got exhaled out, and don't and don't forget Edmonton had just just finished a power play. Oh, that's I mean, true. Kemper was that, coming he was out, coming out of the box. That's right. Yeah, box. exactly. Yeah. So Jesus, and that's but that's exactly why you need. And actually, that Ryan McLeod goal was something else. That was something to cheer on. That was a really oh, really nice goal. Yeah. The way he came out in there. But that's part of it for me too. Is that I feel there's a lot of players on the Edmonton team that. You know, McDavid's doing his part. Dreisaitl's doing his part. And to a lesser extent, so are the other big names. Hyman, Kane, Nuge. Like, they're doing their parts. There's literally nobody else, though, at this point. this It's a it's a five-headed monster, which is pretty good. You're supposed to win some games with at least five players that you can sort of lean on. But to have literally almost nothing from all of them, and especially that back end where you've got Barry, Keith, Nurse, Bouchard... None of them are doing anything, and it's that's to me is where the difference is. You're right, Colorado, amazing team, top to bottom, but it's because of what Edmonton lacks that that Colorado's winning because they have what Edmonton lacks. They have that depth of players who are who will who don't slow down with contributions, who continue to contribute and find other ways. Comfort, like I said, he's like. When it when it comes to playoff, these random players come out. In Tampa, we mentioned Palat and Killorn, two guys like it there. Like both you and I both know when it comes to playoffs. <coughs> excuse me. When it comes to playoffs, those two players are different breeds. They do something else. Corey Perry, he's another two. And this is a championship quality team. And because they've got those types of players. Same thing with Colorado. You got Nashuskin, who's got five already. Uh Comfort, who's got five. You've got all these other players chipping in. Like you get some 
Depth scoring. Right? Yeah. I mean, depth scoring in the playoffs. That's where you need to turn to when your five-headed or three-headed or six-headed monster goes quiet for a while. Because once they go quiet, what what do you have left? Well, you've got no nobody in nets, no defense, and nobody who can score. Well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to fucking lose every time. And look what's happening. You're getting swept. If you don't have that depth to pick up the, the slack in those moments where your stars can't produce, you better have a good goalie. If you don't have a good goalie, then that's it. C'est fini. And that's exactly what's happening. Those are two two massive holes. Like, I there's sorry, there's three holes in Edmonton. The goalie, the lack of depth, and the defense. If you can fill one of those three, then I think you'd be fine. But none of those were addressed properly this year. Not 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 one of those. They thought they were getting something with Fogel and keeping Pugliarvi and having Yamamoto, um, even uh, having Bouchard and Kulak when they went out and got Kulak and re-signed Barry. These were all hopeful things. They, they all looked promising. And I absolutely, I fell, I fell for it too. I thought this was probably one of the better balanced teams I'd seen in a while for a regular season run. But when it comes to playoffs, these players are showing it's either too soon for you guys or you're never going to be there. And we cannot rely on players like you. Maybe that's where you need more. <laughs> this is going to kind of pump the tires of uh, Duncan Keith. But I think that was a We all saw that as being a mistake. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we all knew that was a mistake, right? Going out and getting Keith, thinking he was going to do something. Well, going to your hope thing, I think that was a big uh, hope and a prayer, to be honest with you. I, I mean, Too big, I think. They, they I, I just... I, Look, I mean, far be it from me to say, okay, because I'm just sitting here as a keyboard warrior behind this thing, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not out there trying to find, you know, defensemen and then trying to get these defensemen off of teams, right? Yeah. So, uh, what I will say about the Oilers is this. With McDavid in tow since, what, 2015, 2016 yeah. here? I mean, yes, you, you, you're you just, you're clamoring for one. You're clamoring for one. You just... You got to hope. I mean, yes, the word hope comes into play here again. But in the offseason, you hope that they take care of the, of the goaltending. And and again, I think with the team being such an offensive juggernaut and can put pucks in the net so quickly, you just need, you know, we're, we're going to sound like a broken record <laughs> on this episode here. You need a goalie that can make that save yeah. against Kemper. That's all. That, 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 you, and that's, yeah, that's one of the three the guy, I mentioned. Because you got the guy. Well, because then that's the guy that can go back. You know, you've got yeah. two guys actually that can go back the other Absolutely. way. Absolutely. So it, it, it's that moment in time, and and I know that it doesn't always happen in like consecutively, but you know, Smith makes that save on Kemper. We're getting to six five minutes left. Yeah. Boom! McDavid gets one one light. That's it. Just a little bit of light, bang, and puts it in. Three two Oilers, two one series. It. Whoa. Edmonton is is getting there. Yeah, is getting there. We just need an upgrade in nets. Your draft picks are gonna come. They're they're coming, and I and I know that we're. And what and what I mean by that is, look, you got Bouchard into the fold now. Yeah. Okay. And, and this guy's this guy's a game. Yeah, he this is. Guy's a player. Yep. He he's gonna be a player for you. I know that this Philip Broberg, I don't think it's gone kind of sideways in regards to injuries or whatever the case is with him. No. So there's an like. Listen, I know Edmonton doesn't have what they need in place at the particular moment. And to a certain extent, I think Holland has been handcuffed in certain situations, i.e. Broberg. 
Like he's Possibly. not a defenseman that you know, this guy probably would have played for you this year and if he doesn't have any injury injury issues, he plays 82 games for you, he's probably pretty solid. He's not necessarily playing full line first line minutes. So I I, I think Edmonton is in better shape than a lot of people will give them, but it's just that they're held because of McDavid, because of Dreisaitl, your team is held on such a pedestal that even making it to the third round can look like it's it's unsatisfying to that fan base. Yeah, it, it, it's a disappointment to fans. Um, but that's that. Look, honestly, I mean, that's the, unfortunately look, that's what comes with having so many first round picks back to back to back to back to back. Exactly. That you're gonna have to put up now, and that and like it's not. I don't think the fan base is pointing at the team and saying that it's the team's fault. I think the fan base is pointing mm-hmm. at management and saying, what, like, why do you keep, how do you keep screwing this up? Like, it's, I do feel that there are some good moves, but there's some that were so bad, so miss that they hurt too much and they, they negate all the good moves. Like, uh, absolutely picking up Evander Kane. Absolutely a good move. Um, I, I'm eating all of my words on that, and I and I don't care. I'm happy to be wrong about that. What am I? What am I? Absolutely not wrong about is ignoring the goalie situation and thinking that that was in the dressing room, pretending like that was going to be okay because you went out and got Evander Game. You're seeing it now, and I, I we all. I don't know if we all talked about it. Enough of us talked about it to know that. The writing was on the wall that this team will have more ebbs and flows than you want to be in order to be considered a serious contender. Too many ups and downs, it's not good enough. You need to be consistent. And to get that, you need a goalie that will make that stop against comfort to give McDavid that extra second to go out or the extra shift to go out and get that goal, which is a game-winning goal, not a game-tying goal. Those are two very different things. Not that he, like, it's not to point a finger necessarily squarely on Smith, because, again, I don't believe it's entirely his fault, but there's nothing, there's, as a goalie, that save has to happen. You've killed your team by letting that t- that goal go in, and that is on you, but <laughs> you being there is not on you. <laughs> that You being there is actually on management, and I'm sorry you were there. <laughs> oh, I mean, look, I, I, like I said off the top, I mean, it's kind of a bit of a balancing act, right? Depending on which kind of lens you want to look at a little bit. But, I mean, the reality is we're here. Yeah. This this is the team that you have. You know, goaltending continues to probably... You know, yes, the lack of secondary scoring, you got a lot of pressure on your top guys. But, uh, you know, you probably want to tweak that defense and get a little oh, bit better placement in regards to the personnel there. And you definitely need an upgrade in nets and... And look, I mean, you got to go out and get the job done. You got to go out and, and, and find those players. And that's up to, to Holland. His, his, I mean, if this guy thinks he's going to have an easy summer, boy, just wait. Because as soon as, uh, as soon as Edmonton, if they do bow out here to the Avalanche, as soon as they do, uh, Holland better get on some phones. He better start looking at some rosters. He better, if I'm him, I'm not taking too much time up at the Muskoka this summer. I'll tell you that much. Just... Just because I just did this while you were talking. So the top five, Nuge, Hyman, Kane, Drysaddle, McDavid. 43 goals between the five of them, okay? That's the top five. After that, 
we're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 13 regulars because they got a couple other guys who haven't been really been playing any any, any games at all but 13 regulars you got uh, 7 8 10 oh for love of god 13 17 goals 43 in the top five 17 in the following whatever did i say what did i say 20 like that's a massive issue that is a massive issue. You can't put it all. And and there's like 13 of those goals coming from Vander Kane. Um, that's a lot of it is coming from him. McDavid's got nine. You know what you need? But what the 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 Oilers need to get um, uh, production out of a guy like that New York's getting out of like a Heedle yes. or, or a Lafreniere. I want kind, more guys. I'm not saying I want guy like I want more guys with like ten goals. I'm saying I want more but guys. You, but you with, want that production. I want five goals. I want at least five goals. Like I'm looking down the list here. The only one after that top five, the only guy who's got oh my god. The top goal scorer after that is Bouchard with three. The rest is one, twos, and zeros. Sorry, Ryan McLeod just got wow. his third. There's nothing. There's nothing to fear after the, after you get past the two the first two lines. If you if you can literally shut down the two first lines of Edmonton, you're good. You got nothing. And Drysaddle's injured, so like he's playing through an injury, right? So it's and that's true too, right? So it's becoming pretty easy for a Colorado team to shut down this team. Like that's and I it bothers me that that's that that was. Well, Again, I don't know if that I would necessarily put all of that on Holland either because he went out and got some players that we all felt, okay, like there's some good moves here. Like there's some good players on this team. It looks like the secondary scoring has been figured out. And during the regular season, it kind of was. Like it looked promising. Things were clicking for different players at different times. And it, it looked like, all right, there was hope. But the regular season versus playoffs, you and I both know. And two entirely... My God meowing like crazy <laughs> two entirely different scenarios but when when you've when you're playing against a team like oh my god and i'm looking at colorado right now so colorado doesn't have a, a 13 goal score in vander kane but they've got one two three four five six seven seven players with five or more goals whereas uh, edmonton's only got three or you're just yeah. spreading it out more and now and now you have that more sprinkled out throughout your lineup so now you're putting a third line on that's got a guy like a, a burakovsky oh yeah uh you know you're three you're probably throwing an alex newhook on that third line and let's call it what it is these are players that can put the puck in the net oh absolutely man like, uh, anyway, i, I mean for, even I completely forgot about lacking yeah and landis ah. not even playing that great but he's got seven uh Kadri, who's now injured unfortunately he's got six rantanen hasn't caught fire yet he's only got only got four but i mean you know. I, mean, I mean at the end of the day here if you get swept and listen i can understand where it's going to be upsetting for the edmonton fans i get it like i i get it you, you want the cup and, and, and you know, long as overdue. long as McDavid's around, you, you, you should be, you should be in the conversation here. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, like, like this team, dude, yeah. They were, yeah. this was one of the team trading first round picks and, yeah. you know, get filling this lineup in. So, I mean, if you end up bowing out to the, to the, uh, the avalanche, I mean, so, you know, just, to, there would be about another 30 teams here that would be following yep. you. So. Uh, you're not you're not the only one don't but, i mean feel look, embarrassed by it but be frustrated that you're essentially still here you there's no progress yeah. made and that should be that's enough to be upset 
that's enough to be frustrated. Not that you lost to Colorado, but that you're still here and that you're not able to keep up with the top teams. Because, again, if you get swept, that's one thing. If you make it a series and let's say you lose even five games, but especially six or seven games, you can walk away with your head held high. We're like, you know what? This just wasn't our year. Maybe one or two moves and we're there. And that's fine because everybody is only there can only be one winner. Eventually, you do have to lose, and that's fine. But if you get swept, and that's what it looks like here, and even if you do somehow squeak out the one game at home and then you lose in Colorado, I do think you should be upset because you're still here. There's there's not you haven't taken a step forward. Nothing, nothing's changed. You're good enough to get ousted in the third round. Yeah. You've been good enough to be ousted in the third round for the last four years. That's not good enough. There's no progress. You're supposed to take a loss, learn from your mistakes, and then do better. But that's not happening. So that's where I am with that. And I think most Edmonton fans are. Well, I can well imagine where you guys are frustrated for sure. I guess I, I guess on the positive tip more than anything, I would say you're probably closer than what a lot of people would think. Like, I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't know if this is going to happen for Edmonton, but I mean, keeping in mind, look, and I know a lot of people right now are are kind of sour on Ken Holland, but let's call it what it is. This is what we do know. This guy ran the Detroit Red Wings uh, for a 25 year period that will go down in history. Yeah, I mean, this guy, this guy knows how to build a a championship winning team. Now, with, you know, he's never had a player that's making $100 million either. So listen, there are some new nuances that he's going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. But if I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, and again, the word hope comes into play a little bit here. <laughs> you do have to ho- you do have to hope that you're getting the Ken Holland that knows. L- listen, the whole league knows he needs goaltending. So he knows it. Now it's just a matter of going out there and getting it. And you may have to pay somewhat of a premium to do that. Like if I'm calling the St. Louis Blues and the St. Louis Blues tell me, well, guess what? Well, guess what, Uh. Ken? Ken, we're going to need a first round pick in this deal no matter what. Do it. Then I'm sorry. Then I'm sorry. You better start ponying up some, like, listen, to get something, you got to give up something. And if I know you don't want to give up your first rounders, but guess what? You're in win now mode, buddy. Like McDavid ain't getting any friggin' younger. And let me ask you this, so, Ken Holland. Let's say you stick to your guns. No, I'm not trading that first rounder. And then you don't trade that first rounder. You're left with nothing in nets, even if it's Mike Smith or somebody else and it doesn't work out for you. The GM right behind you, guess what he does? The first thing he does, trades that first rounder, goes out and gets that decent goalie, and he does the job you should have done. That makes you look that much worse. I'm not suggesting that's why you do it. I'm just saying that, trust me, if you don't, someone will. So if it's going to be someone, it might as well be you when you've only got one shot left. Because, it, like, I don't know, man. Like, if he runs this back does, does and they don't, how does he still have a job? I, I really, like, I'm at a point now where I'm like, how does he still have a job? But if... If you hold on to him, I understand that because, you know, third round, you know, a couple of good deals, you know, Kulak and Kane, whatever. But really, next year, if you don't get out that goalie and it, and if it has to cost you something and you decide you're not going to pay for it and it comes out and we find out you didn't pay for it, that should cost you your job. And then guess what? That GM right behind you, because we'll know why you lost the job, because you didn't want to spend. 
Well, guess what that GM behind you is going to do? One of the first things he's going to, he's not going to be afraid to spend because he knows it costs you that job. So he's going to go out and he's going to do it for you. And he's going to look like a fucking genius for it. Is that how you want to go? If I were him, I would want to go by putting all of my chips on the table, not holding anything back. Because if you're going to bet on a team, this is as good a team to bet on as any. Well, I mean, listen, if I'm Ken Holland and, and if we if we want to call a spade a spade here in regards to this pick. All right. So with Mike Smith, I bet if I'm not mistaken, I believe that this team, it was a top 10 team in the NHL, correct? The Oilers? I be, yeah, I believe they would have fell into the top into a top 10 league wide. Oh, this year. So let's yeah, this year. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, I don't so know about that. Uh, maybe maybe 10th. <laughs> Okay, so let, let let's so let's just say they're they're tenth. Okay, so that pick's gonna fall between twenty two and thirty two. Yeah, and I'm and I'm sorry. There's very very few picks twenty two and later <laughs> that are gonna do anything for you within the first year, let alone the second year. <laughs> so so listen, uh, we Marty, we both said it at the trade deadline. It, we were knocking our heads. Eleventh, they're in eleventh. The it's close. So there you go. Wow, okay, you're right. So 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 eleventh. So they would have fallen twenty one, I believe, right? Yeah, they would have fallen yeah. at twenty. So they would have been at they, they would have been at twenty one. I'm sorry, dude. I'd rather have Ville Huso than a twenty first overall pick 100%. in this year's draft. It's a no brainer. So so to to me, listen, I, I don't know what kind of package you have to put together. I, I don't know. Yeah. But you gotta go out there and you gotta get it. Go find you gotta out. Get it. They'll get it. That's it. Like I'm sorry. Like, listen, and people may, may people may think I'm crazy, but I, I'd be throwing in uh, somebody like an, a Yamamoto, like right absolutely, off the here. like, like first round Yamamoto. What else are we talking about here for Huso? Pulleyarvi, like, do and, it. And, and and yes, I'm <laughs> and yes, I'm spitballing here, but for God's sakes, you've got the offense, okay? You got two prime centermen. Yeah. You've got now Kane that they're going to sign. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay, so you get rid of Yamamoto. You got the McLeod kid coming in. So you got Nugent Hopkins that's still in. So your, your your top six is still somewhat around here. Yeah. You just need to start getting, filling up. A, Go down you swinging. You don't even, you don't even need top defensemen. I, I what I'm, what I'd be looking for is a good third or fourth defenseman. And then filling out that get get some stay at home defensemen to take care of the back end, so Nurse and possibly Barry can just do what they are supposed to do because they can't do it right now because there's nobody on the back ends to help things out. Get some stay at home defensemen. Not going to cost you a lick of anything. Um, get rid of like if you've if you've got actually at that point you don't need anything else. If you've got some good solid D men who worry about letting pucks in more than putting them in, and then you've got an actual good starting goalie, you fill two of the three biggest problems well, on your team. Then you're good. You're start. You're starting to change the complexion of the team. Yes, so, in, in the right I direction. Mean, and, and, and with Jay Woodcroft, I think that's a good. I think that's a very good recipe. Me too. Me too. Are we done with the? Oilers? I think we are. Sorry, we've beaten to the ground. Okay, good. So hopefully they listen but to that's us. That's all right, time, though. though. <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're talking about. Beauty's in the beast, baby. Running this shit. Beauty's in, my in the beast. Since I was twelve. Come on. All right, and I ha I have to say I love your first Beauty and the Beast, so I think this week, Marty, you're gonna start us off, bud. I love this kid, honestly. Like when I watched, yeah, me, yeah. I, I I'll be I'll be yeah. honest. I had to go back and watch some highlights because the last game I watched with him, I fell in love with him. It, him and actually the other one, the last one on my on my three here. So Andrew Cop, okay. 
there's just something about the way he plays and the excitement that he's bringing to this team. Man, what a great pickup for them, eh? That really, yeah, that really proved itself to be. I think that was, I think that might have been the best pickup of the the mid or yeah mid season draft. No, well mid season draft trade deadline. I think that was the best one. I I originally would have said something like Claude Giroux, but I think this might have been the better one because I wow they've gone the distance yeah. right so <laughs> kind of. One thing you can say is definitely the best value, Marty. Absolutely. Definitely the best value. Um, so just I'm going to rhyme off what I wrote down there. So Cop is trusted on this team. Cop actually seems to be doing a bit of everything. When I watch a game, I see him take the shot, lay the hit, or make the play that gives him the chance to get that goal. He's averaging around 20 minutes per game. As much as the other big names you see a lot and he says a lot and got trust them. He's taken a dip recently, but it's not for lack of trying. Like watch the highlights and you'll notice he continues to be mentioned six goals and seven assists in 17 games thus far. But there's something about how he's playing, especially lately that I consistently want to pick him in close games as the one who gets that goal. He just is playing on a certain level right now that I, I don't I think it's a combination. I think it's a perfect storm, not a perfect storm, a perfect combination of everything. I think the system um, really uh, complements his style of play. I think he really does very well with the players on the ice with him. And I think he's just energized by where he is right now. And I think you can feel that when he's on the ice. The announcers certainly do because they like to mention him every time he's out on the ice. They watch him go, and it's like he's a brand-new player. Cobb's been doing this for a while. He was in Winnipeg, and he was exciting then. But he's really picked up his game in New York. And I just he's so much fun to watch. And if if you can pick him for some reason, you've got a, a fantasy draft right now going on in the playoffs where you can just grab him, then I think you just should do it. Because there's there's right now, he's exciting. I mean, to me, and I think John Cooper said it. I can't remember who, which player he said it about, but I, I think this kind of... Uh, works for cop as well. He's a blue collar player that can play with white collar players. Oh, nice! You can, you can put you oh. can, you can put you That's can put good. cop with with, with your Zabinajads yes. and your Criders. You know, you, you could even maybe insulate him with your Lafreniere's and your Kakos. So, That's Marty, true. I couldn't have said it any better than you did. I, I just think that this this is one of those players that. You popped into your lineup, and you know how there's always the worry about uh, messing up with chemistry. Yeah. This guy actually just stirred it right oh, up. Man. Got it all. Oh yeah, he. I, I. I like this. I like this pick. Whenever they uh, or pick, I like this trade. Whenever they made it at the deadline, I listen. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think it was going to end up this good. I thought no. he'd be a great serviceable player for them. Yeah. But I mean, between and and the nice thing is him and a uh, Barkley Goodrow, these got. Oh, you got to love it. So, yeah, basically what I was saying between those two guys, you you get a little bit of sandpaper, right? And those are the kind of guys I find that, 
you know, give you that nice third line that kind of that you know that Tampa's been kind of winning with the last couple of years, right? So yeah, you throw that into the mix and. I mean, again, he's just a perfect player. So he is, I, I don't want to take any more of your thunder. No, on it's that. all good. And he's actually—it's funny you should mention—he plays with the kids on the second power play unit while playing um, second line with Stroman Panarin. So he's he's nice. doing exactly what you just said. Like he is being balanced between the vets and the youngs, and in between those two, he just fits in so well. Like everything's just clicking when he's on the ice. He really compliments it doesn't matter what types of players he's playing with he's complimenting them all and maybe he's actually creating a new recipe maybe he's the one throwing it all together and saying fuck this is what we're doing and it's just working out so i don't know i love i i see captain written all over him at some point um maybe not the rangers but for sure i could see him being a captain for sure at some point um moving right along Corey perry now this is this might be an odd one for some because he's not exactly exploding in minutes, uh, exploding in, in, um, in, in points or anything. He's just, he's kind of like a cop, but just like a bit older. Um, but he's doing all the right things too. Like though he's like, again, he's not getting a whole lot of time. He's 12 minutes per game, but his playoffs playoff performance. He's just, he's doing those things that I mentioned at the top where he got in front of Shesterkin and he didn't, like he he didn't really do anything bad, like certainly not Oscar worthy the way Shesterkin was, but he got under his skin enough to just disrupt him a little bit. And that's, you kind of need that in on your team. You need a guy who's going to fill in. Usually those players only fill in about, you know, anywhere between seven to nine minutes, max 10. Perry's got 12 because he does have a little bit more skill than what these types of players are. He's Perry's kind of had to change his game the older he's gotten because he can't put in the puck as, as quickly or as often as he used to. Maybe that's a result of ice time as well, though, because, again, you don't want to give 20 minutes to a, a guy who's pushing 40. But what I'm getting at is that he's got the experience. He's got the knowledge. He's done it. He did it for Montreal. He's doing it for Tampa. He's just a guy that you can trust. You set it and forget. You know exactly what you're getting out of this guy. Listen, Perry, I've, I've got a mission. I need you to take it and go with it, and he'll get it done. No questions asked. No ifs, ands, or buts. What is it you need? Done. And now that can also be a goal or two because he's, I believe he's got, I think it's five or six goals already in the playoffs. Uh, essentially eight and four. Well, he's got eight points in 14 games. And he's currently on a two, two game point streak, which again, not bursting out, but definitely chipping in and doing all those other little intangibles that are very important. So Corey Perry is part of that recipe of being a successful championship Stanley Cup winning team. It's it's a player like a Corey Perry, and I feel like I've seen him in the last couple of games. I'm like, I got to talk about him soon, and that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> Why, well, Marty? You and I both know basically every championship team has this kind of player. Yeah. Uh, you know, some sort of a grizzled veteran who's been there, yes. done that, kind of knows. You know, whether he's won it or not, yeah. there's all you know. Obviously, if he hasn't, there's obviously that motivation for that player. Mm-hmm. But you just you kind of need to have. When when the rough waters come, and they always do, yeah. for no matter which team, whether you won the championship or not, you need that guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. On the and, ice and in the dressing I'm, room. Well, and maybe I'm fanboying him over a little bit, but keeping in mind, folks, that he was with my Habs last year. And this is exactly, dude, he was doing exactly that. He was kind of driving the bus, you know, making sure that everybody was keep staying level-headed. Yeah. And, you know, if you got some young players, you need to keep them in check and, yep. you know, 
and it's maybe some of those older players are kind of <laughs> need to be a little kick in the ass. So he'd be the guy to give it to you. Maybe. Yeah. You, you need that guy on your team. Yeah. Uh, one way or another. And uh, you know, it did, did not surprise me at all at the start of the year, whenever the lightning signed him. Um, as a matter of fact, I thought Montreal was going to keep him in one way, shape or form, yeah. but I mean, I got, I, I totally understand why he would make that move down there. It was a good move yes. on their part. You just, you, you need to have that in your lineup. Yeah. It, there's there's a definite place there's a home for somebody like that on every Absolutely. team that wants to go deep so um and actually you saw it with like when florida went out and got jumbo joe or when toronto decided to keep yep. spezza yep. around like these are exactly the kinds of players we're talking about now spezza and jumbo joe unfortunately not exactly the same type of player they're veterans yes yep. but they don't yep. necessarily have that 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 uh, grittiness to them they never did and maybe that's why those two teams fell out early and a team like tampa bay is doing a little bit better because Perry's got a little bit more pedigree to him. And I, sorry, did he? Has he won a cup? Did he not win a cup? Perry won a cup. No, no sorry, he went to so, the but finals. Sorry, but it, yeah, 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 been to the finals the last two years with Dallas and Montreal. Yeah. So, well, and he had the run with uh, Anaheim when they went to the finals. Yeah. Um, uh, wait a minute. No, he did win a, so yes, he did he win does a cup with Anaheim. Cup. That's what I thought. He, he does have a cup with Anaheim in yeah. 2007. Yeah. So he's got that. Like, he's got all, so much working for him. Whereas, again, with Jumbo Joe and Spezza, they don't, there's that piece missing to their game that maybe that's why they, their teams weren't actually able to get to the next level. It's not all on them. It's not their fault. I'm just saying, like, there's a bit of give and take on, on both of those series. But, I mean, in the end, the results speak for themselves. Tampa Bay is going on, and they've got Corey Perry, whereas Florida and Toronto, we all know. Um, moving right along, Frank Vetrano. So now he's actually top line right now with Kreider and Zibanejad. And then he's then he's he comes actually he's not even on the power play units at all. But there's been something about the way he's been playing lately. And I'm saying this a lot, it sounds like a broken record, but Trust, just stay with me here. <laughs> um, he's another player who's just doing it all, all the right things. And, and the name that continues just to come up while you're watching the game. He seems like he's on a mission. Like whenever he's out there and there's, there's usually a very positive result when he's out there. And his time on ice has gone up considerably. He's also got four points his last five games and, you know, 11 in the last 17. So something tells me the way he played in game three, that he's about to go off in game four. I got a good feeling about the way I saw him last game, but it's really, it's it's a bundle of the last three or four games. He seems to be progressing in the right direction. It helps, obviously, it helps to play with Zibanejad and, and Kreider, but I think on his own, he's making smart moves. He's making good decisions. I, I thought he was on the power play, but I, I just double-check and I, I'm wrong. And I would like to see him on the power play. I think you get him on the second power play unit and you swap out someone, but then who do you let go? Do you let go Lafreniere? Do you let go of Cop? Anyways, you can't really break up that kid line like, like you've said. So, But Vetrano is going to be one of the best players in New York in, in a short amount of time, so long as he sticks around. Uh, I believe he came in through Florida um, and he did okay there, but really found himself in New York. And then now lately, again, just really starting to pick things up. And through the series of highlights that I've watched recently, his name kept popping up, doing some good plays, making some smart work. This might just <clears throat> all be a result of Gallant really knowing how to play these players at the right time with the right people. But whatever it is, these players' names keep popping up to me. So that's why I had to put them in. Vitrano, just one of those guys again. You know, when you start the playoffs, you're not really expecting no. that, that that kind of performance out of him. And, I mean, 
every every team that that wants to be successful in the playoffs usually gets that kind mm-hmm. of out of nowhere yeah. production, so to speak. And Betrano's that guy. And this is exactly what leads me into my beast. The problem with Edmonton, my beast is all Oilers, not named McDavid, Drysdale, Kane, Hyman, Ryan Nugent, Hopkins. It's because there's no player like a Vetrano or uh, like not even remotely close to a Vetrano or a cop or any of these other players, not even a Perry. Like there's none of these players that exist on Edmonton's team. And that's my issue with Oilers. And that's my beast is that there's no like all these other players that were supposed to be doing something at this point. Bouchard, Cece, Yamamoto, Keith, Kulak, Nurse, Barry, Kazian, Poldiarvi, Fogel, and maybe a few others if you actually really wanted to pull from that. But God. God damn it isn't that list long enough like this is the issue that we're looking at that we looked at in the beginning of this well no not beginning mid-season and again i know there's a goalie situation but I'm, I'm talking specifically about secondary scoring it has gone non-existent and even to a degree like even some of these other players like hyman is still playing his game but he's not reaping the benefits like he was against calgary there's a bit of a dip within them too but sticking to specifically like Yamamoto, I guess I'll give the defense a break here, but Yamamoto, um, Kazian, uh, Pugliarvi, Fogel, uh, who's the other one? Uh, well, anyway, that's enough. Like, where are these guys? What are you guys doing when you're on the ice? Are you worried about something else? Is your game, is your head even in the game? Like, it's a big issue and, and it's just showing its colors and it's it's going to be one major reason why they're about to get swept by Colorado. I mean, listen, I mean, we, we've we've gone over the Oilers kind of at nauseum. And I mean, everybody knows where the issues lie. Um, uh, again, I I really do think that, I mean, listen. No, you Colin listen. He's heard all of this all, all season long. All season long, this guy's heard of it. So the guy knows where he needs to plug the holes. He knows where he needs reinforcements. It's a matter of going out and getting the job done now. And if I'm an Edmonton fan, I I just, listen, it's been so long that Mm -hmm. you guys have had, well, a a long run. And this is, this is decent, but there's, you guys want some sustained long runs here. Your dry settles, McDavid's it's just, it's all somewhat been in the cards here for you. So I I just don't want to hear of not, using this asset or not using that mm-hmm. asset. I, I listen, Ken, it's yours, bud. Go all Go in. out and get it. Fi- fi- figure a way because yes, you are right, Marty. It, it's an all in yes. here. Like this is the team, you know, we, we two, two years down the road is two years less McDavid. Two years down the road is two years less dry. It's like, a waste of time. I, I, I'm sorry. Sorry for all the pressure, Ken, but guess what? You're a general manager of a national hockey league team. It happens to have two of the best players in the absolute world on it. Figure it out. Yep. Get her done. And, and 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 you know what? Yep. I'm sitting here punching on the keyboards. And yes, I am telling you to fucking figure it Still out. Still right. Get it done. Get it yeah. done. I mean, there. Listen, you, your your Julien Breeze was your Steve Eisenman's. How come some of all these other GMs can make these shrewd moves? Okay. How 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 come how come Steve Eisenman can get Verana out of friggin' Washington? Okay. Thank you. How, how can he? That's how can he one, get? Sure. How can he get Nadelkovic? How can he get Nadelkovic for basically a third yeah. round out of Carolina? So don't come here and tell me that you can't go out and get a goaltender because Steve Eiserman just went and got Nadelkovic for 
and he didn't pay anything for it. He paid a third rounder for it. And like, like, listen, do it. it. It's out there. It's out there. You just need to start. There has to be a little bit of fearlessness here in, in regards to your Oilers. I don't mean, listen, I don't mean to be stupid. Like this guy has been a general manager for a long time. Now make the smart moves, make the shrewd moves. He knows, he knows his big pieces in nets because you and I both know Marty that that position alone can steal games. So he knows where to go and get it. I'd be pooling a lot of my assets in the finding goaltending and it's out there. Yeah, 100%. It is out there be- because the St. Louis Blues ain't going to be able to hold on to a $6 million goaltender for the next five years and sign this guy. So, hey, if it isn't Huso, maybe it's Bennington. I don't know. Somebody. You got to figure it out. Somebody. You have to figure it out. Because your I next mean, option is like, I'm going to go play Nets for you and that's going to be a step up. Like honestly, like <laughs> and, and, and that's not gonna work. And, and I will be without a co-host, and I am not technically. We can't do that. <laughs> yeah, we can't do that. Sorry, Edmonton, you can't Push have Marty. It's not all happening. the chips in. End of discussion, Holland. Yes, yes. All right, up to you. Very much so. All right, here we go. Beauties and the Beast. We're going with Pavel Francouz oh, to start off. Good story. Now, listen. I know this is probably a little bit, a little bit of an easy one to hang my hat on. You know, he plays for a great team, but, but. He's kind of coming in cold here. Like True. you're still coming in against the Edmonton Oilers. You're coming kind of coming in cold here. And I, I know he's he has been a good goaltender in other leagues, and he's got a good pedigree in regards to some numbers and so on and so forth. But but I'm just impressed with the way he's coming off the bench. Pitches I think he gets the win, a shutout, and then another win. So again, just he's keeping the ball rolling for the team that has it has had aspirations of being right where they are right now for easily the last three to four years. Yeah. So no big, uh, I mean, the stats were there. He's yeah. got a 237 and a 920 save percentage. And that that to me is all you need to just keep the ball rolling, especially with a team like Colorado. So, I mean, for me, Pavel Francouz is a, a beauty this week just for the simple fact that he comes in there and really doesn't disrupt anything just things keep moving so that's nice i mean good on him good on the team and and that's good and and that's good drafting uh, not I, I wouldn't say drafting but good signing yeah. um good good team know, they management did the research on him they went out, exactly exactly next guy up folks is chris Kreider. this really doesn't have so much to do with points he's put up i think he's got about 15, maybe 15 and 17 i think it is something like that um, so the production is there, but for me, in this playoff run, it's the intangibles, and it comes in two forms for me. About a week, I want to say about two and a half weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. They're in the, well, maybe it was longer than that. They were in the Pittsburgh series, I think. Kreider leans over, grabs the iPad out of Zabinijad's hand, and just <laughs> tosses it. Tosses it. As if to say, dude, we're in a hockey game. You don't need to look at your backhand pass or your fucking goal or whatever it was. Let's keep into the game. Last night, <laughs> poor Mika Jabinijad because he was there again. They're at the press conference and somebody asks Mika a question in regards to the end of the game. Before Mika can even answer, Kreider puts his hand over on, uh, like, uh, towards Mika and basically to say, I'll take the question. And he took the whole loss upon himself. I, I was puck watching. I didn't get the puck out. Whatever the hell he said. So all that to say... 
I'm loving the growth and the accountability that I'm seeing from Chris Kreider. And I don't mean just the accountability that he's keeping to him. He's he's keeping that whole team accountable. Hey, Mika, stop looking at the fucking iPad. Boom. Yeah. We're in a hockey game. We're in the playoffs of the National Hockey League. You know, whether it was a wake up, whether it was just get your head in the game. Yeah. We don't need to be looking at a fucking iPad. So he gets that out of the way. And he, again, he does it last night. And I love seeing stuff like that. I, I, you know, kid's 31 years old now. A lot of maturity, a lot of growth. And he's holding the, this team to the same standard that that he's at. And, and I, I, I love it. So this isn't so much a stats or anything like that. You need these types of guys. I'm not saying he's the next Messier, <laughs> but he's doing Messier. But he's doing Messier yeah, things, you're right? You're not wrong. Leading, but leading, leading by example. Yeah. Maybe again, not so much. I won't say so much to the production side, the on ice. This has a lot to do with some of the off ice stuff. He's holding that team accountable. Yeah. He knows that they're not here every year. Let's soak this in, boys. Let's get it done. Yeah. And I and I got to applaud him for it. So that's Chris Kreider. Next up, the kid line. So again, with the Rangers here. Geez, I got to really get off yeah. this Rangers thing. Man. Alone. So I think you between Lefford, you and I, we've named the entire team. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, that and last week too, because I think it's a vintage out was oh, in there last go. week. Right. But either way, so you've got Lafreniere, you got Heedle, and you got Capocacco, I believe, is that third line in uh, in New York. And again, I'm not going to be throwing around all these great stats and everything for you. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Caco's only got uh, five points in 17 games, so it's not a production thing. But this has a little bit to do, and we were talking about uh, Gerard Gallant earlier on in the yeah. episode, and I got to give the guy props, man. Got to give the guy props. At any point throughout the season, he heard all, and, and I'm sure he heard the boo birds from his own fan base, yeah. uh, let alone the two of us. Uh, I mean, he stuck with it. He kept, Listen, these guys are going to get 82 games of, of, uh, of experience, and they're getting a lot of playoff experience right now. So... You you have to. I think this league is coming to a point where you have to play these young players, and you have to live with the mistakes that these young players are going to make. Yeah. They're going to be coached on how to not make those mistakes again. They will probably do it again and again, but that's the part of the process. Yeah. Get them out there, get them learning the game. And I and I the only other thing I'll say about this kid line is I think it was in game two, they had a shift where they pinned the Tampa Bay Lightning in there for easily I want to say about a minute and a half to two minutes for Sergachev he was sucking wind bud he was out there for like two minutes and 40 seconds they had the timer in the bottom corner of the screen and I'll tell you it was really really impressive Uh, I'm not saying that's the the, the kid line's going to do that every shift but it's it's those types of moments where you know, a Lafreniere can sit there and say, okay, okay. Like, I can play playoff hockey with these guys. Absolutely. And, and, he, and he can. And he should have known it beforehand. But if he didn't, those are the types of moments that stick into these players' heads. Like, yeah. you know, do you not mean to tell me when they got to the bench, they didn't hear some hooting and hollering bit. from coaches and players alike? Probably. So, listen, you know, all young, all young kids, very impressionable. And the thing of it is they're all first-round picks, yeah. too. So, I mean, I know Kako and, 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 and Lafreniere are high. But Heedle's also a first-round pick as well. So good on them. Yeah. You know, I'm glad the Rangers are reaping the benefits of these three players. And, you know, just hopefully they can keep it up because they're definitely helping the cause for sure. Absolutely. My beast this week, 
my beast this week isn't an, isn't actually a player in all reality. It's the Bruins injuries. Now, Ron, I can't believe I'm saying this, so just let me get all this out, and then I'll be sick afterwards. <laughs> Normally, I would say, go fuck yourself, Boston. You're screwed for the first half of the year. Awesome. Beat it. But I'm a hockey fan first. And listen, Marchand, McAvoy, Greslick, Bergeron. Bergeron being with an uncertain future. We're not sure if he's coming yeah. back. You got Marchand that's out until late November. McAvoy's out until early December. And Grizzlick's out until early November. So you're not getting any of these three guys back until early November. The Bruins are going to be hard-pressed here to... I just wonder if they're going to fall too far too far down the standings for them to be able to catch back up by that point because, man, oh, man, I mean, Marchand, Bergeron alone, that's two-thirds of your top line if you had if you kept Post up there. Yeah. So, listen, I mean, for you Bruins fans out there, and I am talking to you, Ron, she is going to be a difficult, difficult couple of first months next season. Um, I just... Yeah, and I think that, you know, again, being a hockey fan first, you don't want to see the Bruins, uh, uh, this era of the Bruins end that way. Yeah. Uh, I, and I think that I think that's kind of what I'm getting to here is if these guys were going to run it back and, and, and try and give it a go for maybe one or another two years, depending on what Bergeron wants to yeah. do. Like, I, I just don't want to see it end like this, though. Like, yeah. And, and I don't know. And I don't know, man, because, I mean, I mean, you're talking about McAvoy coming back in early December. It's like you're just getting Marshawn back at that point. It's painful. You know, like you're kind of getting in the – well, you're get, and and keeping in mind here too, Marty, like, you know, it, once December kind of goes through, right, you're kind of getting into those dog days of the season, right? Yeah. You're not at the beginning. You're not at the end. You're right in that mushy middle there where – you know, family comes into play. The holidays are coming around. Like, it's hard to it's hard to be at the top of your game for eighty two straight games. I mean, we all, we both know that. So if you're not if you you're know, not hovering around the five hundred mark, and by that I mean like you can't really be too many games below five hundred. Like if you've if you're at that point and you're let's say five games below five hundred. Sorry, the uphill battle is is gotten just that much. Tougher. Yeah, man. If you can be five games to zero above 500 then maybe you've got a shot at you know squeaking at the eighth spot but like what is that giving you what is that giving your dynasty well and 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 the thing that you can't say you can't sit there and and, and say to anybody oh well yeah there'll be a couple of teams that'll drop off okay so a couple of teams drop off last time i checked you got detroit you got ottawa and you got buffalo that are making some strides up the standings here ottawa in in particular if they can really kind of you know, get some things to gel together, potentially get their goaltending sorted out and everything. Yeah. Like, fuck, I mean, I, I really think Ottawa's got some players here. I mean, you're talking about some Norris and Batherson and Kachuk. Like, they need to be looking over their somewhere shoulder. Somewhere along the line, they're, well, I mean, you know, I, I would foresee a, a team like Ottawa being right around where Boston would be at that point in the season, yeah. right? So yeah. you can say whatever you want that maybe a couple of teams will fall off. Great, but you're going to have a couple of teams that are making the shift upwards here 100%. too. So. I, I just, I think Boston might be in a little bit of a position here come late November, yeah. you know, of this year. And just depending on where they are, can they, can they, can they tread water? You know, is pasta really going to be able to yeah. take the team? You know, who knows what can happen, 
It's just looking at it right now. Marshawn McAvoy, Grizzly, Bergeron. I'm like, mm, the f- that's your top two defensemen there. Don't forget too. The future does not look. That's your that top two D. So wow, if being honest. It's just, and I just and I just don't. And, and again, yes, I'm a Montreal fan, and really, I should be, you know, <laughs> wishing the worst on them. But I, I just fan. listen. It's been it's it's been a really nice era for the, the Boston Bruins yeah. there with with your Marshawn, your Bergeron, and your Pasternak. I just don't want it to end like that, like all because of injuries. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sure. we'll see. We'll see what can happen. But I just think that Boston may be hard up here at the uh, at the start of next year. I don't think you're wrong. I think it's going to be a very tough off season to to watch if they decide to do nothing, and then even if they do decide to do something, because these injured players are going to come back, and you got to consider that as part of your cap. So there's not much you can really do. So. In my opinion, the only thing that really saves this franchise right now is is Patrice coming back for one more year. I think that's the only thing that saves this last season, this one last hurrah. Uh, that would be the only thing that saves it. Otherwise, I don't see things going very well for for Boston. Uh, Marty, yeah. bre- breaking breaking news here on Tugelag. Bruce Cassidy, after six seasons leading the Boston Bruins, has been fired. Oh, that's... Yeah, 25 minutes ago, as per NHL.com. No way. Yeah, Cassidy Cassidy out in Boston after six seasons. So just as we're talking about these injuries, Cassidy will not be leading the charge. And I was actually going to talk about Cassidy because there's two people we started following on on our Twitter um, who are big Boston fans. And they were like, you know, he needs to go. He needs to go. But then I had somebody else say, like, nah, he's, you know, he's actually doing pretty good. But there it is, Bruce Cassidy after six seasons. You know what? That might be the beginning of something big. I think if you fired your coach like that on it, on the type of season that they ended, on the type of season that's coming up, like you and I just talked about, I think that's the. I wonder if bigger. I think that's the beginning coming. of something big. I think something big is about to come. So um, stay tuned for that, Boston. Because I think there's some that might be the first positive move for them this year. Not that I was necessarily well, a I Cassidy just... hater, but I like the idea that you know what I think we need to go in a different direction. It's been six years. That mean it kind of means that Patrice is not coming back. That's how I would take that because they're going to have to start to look to do something different now. And I think that's the beginning of that. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. Well, I mean, it's it, it certainly gets us questioning that way anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have to agree with you. I mean. I don't know if I would go so far as saying like, you know, and, and I'm not saying that's what you're saying either, but um, I certainly don't think this is a hundred percent that Bergeron's out. Oh, no, no. But, 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 excuse me. Cassidy was that type of coach that you bring in for a contender. Yeah. So you, so I agree with you. You got to start wondering. Now the questions start to come in more different directions. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see how Boston plays this because they do still have some really nice talent. Yep. Uh, both goaltenders, oh, uh, yeah. Swayman in particular, is a young guy. Uh, you got McAvoy on the back end. I don't think Grizzlick is overly old, maybe 27-ish, Ish. Yep. something like that. So so you still got some, some pieces, pieces to work yep. with there in Boston, but... But I think you're right, though. Maybe things were getting a little bit stale. Maybe they just want to, you know, it depends on how Neely really wants to look at this, right? Are they going to kind of re, what's a retool, I guess, if you will, and make another go? Or are they going to try and maybe for a couple of years here, stockpile a couple of things and see what happens and go from there? But interesting times, just the same. Yeah. And interesting timing, too. (laughs) 
All right. Well, there it is. Speaking of that's uh, what is that episode four hundred? No, it's episode thirty. Episode episode twenty. No, this is thirty. Well, is it is Mike twenty nine? Well, okay, good call. It, this might you know you know what because it's a bonus episode. So you're right. This is twenty nine. So you're right. So this is episode twenty nine. I jumped on this one. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.